The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. We're very glad that you're on board. We know we've got listeners across the U.S. and Canada and uh, overseas, so thanks so much for getting online and joining with us today on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you also for uh, liking us on Facebook and for posting comments. It's always great to hear from you, and thank you also for sending us emails. We love it when you participate. So thank you so much for uh, contributing to the Spirit of Recovery community. It's wonderful to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, and it's uh, great to know that the things that we're doing are touching your heart, that are getting you thinking and opening you up to new hope and to what's possible on this recovery journey. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community with guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, with people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. We bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. And uh, I really want you to know as well that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place because recovery is a large tent, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, um, or if you're simply somebody that's curious about the process of recovery and you just want some more information, know that we welcome you here on Spirit of Recovery, and we welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and also an Addictions Counselor, and I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. Thirty years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development, and my spiritual walk from that time to this has been an integration of the Unity Principles and Recovery Principles. And this is a walk that really touches my life and keeps me growing and keeps me transforming. So again, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to share these recovery ideas with you. And I'm very interested to hear what you're experiencing on your spirituality and recovery walk. On every show, we do have a drawing and we give away a recovery book. And they're donated to us by the nonprofit Hazelden Foundation. And that's www.hazeldn.org. And today the book that we're giving away is called Addict in the Family, Stories of Loss, Hope, and Recovery, and it's by Beverly Conyers. So if you'd like to get your name in the drawing for that book, please give us a call at 888-558-6489 or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those emails and calls during the show. So today our topic is called Healing Blessings, A Parent's Story. And joining me is my guest, Kathleen Wilson. Kathleen is an author, and she is a mother. Kathleen has 
walked an incredible journey with her daughter, Ginger, as Ginger struggled with the disease of addiction, which uh, finally claimed her life. Kathleen has written a wonderful book uh, called Child of Mine, Spiritual Healing from My Child's Drug Addiction, and it's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. Kathleen walks a spiritual path of healing that she's going to be sharing with us today about how she, as a mother, as a family member of someone with the disease of addiction, has employed uh, various modalities of spiritual growth and spiritual healing so that she is living a wonderful and full life. She's going to be talking with us today some about her daughter Ginger's journey and how she really knows that there's no such thing um, as a wasted life, even when it ends tragically, because what comes from that um, can actually be a lot of hope and a lot of healing. So Kathleen, welcome to Spirit of Recovery today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Anna. This is a pleasure. We're glad you're here and and um, we're just eager to hear what you have to share with us. As I said, you have uh, written a book, Child of Mine, Spiritual Healing from My Child's Drug Addiction, and that is going to be coming out um, in a few weeks. And in it, you do share uh, some wonderful things about your journey. Not always uh, easy, some things that are really painful, um, but you're sharing about that spiritual growth that's grown from that and, and the wonderful things that have, that have happened from it. In the beginning of your book there in chapter 1, you have a, a beautiful paragraph, and I wonder if you'd uh, share that with us and, and tell us a little bit about how you wrote that, and, and also it's, it's, that paragraph is actually leading to uh, some illustrations and some, some artwork. So could you read it and tell us a little bit about it? I'd be happy to, Anna. Thank you. Um, this is the, the first chapter of the book, and... Um, uh, it was inspired, you know, as I sat down to write. When I began to write the book, it was one year after Ginger's transition. And I kind of opened up to spirit, and these words started to flow. Uh, the title of the chapter is called The Void. There's a tender, sparkling umbilical cord that connects the hearts of mother and child. Tiny beads of starlight travel continuously back and forth along this cord. These beads of starlight are each tiny bits of psychic conversation that unceasingly travel from one to the other and then back again. This connection transcends distance, time, and even death No matter what happens between them, for good or ill, no matter how physically distant, no no matter how much they seem emotionally disconnected, the cord and the tiny beads of light that travel along the cord remain. It's beautiful. So it was this paragraph that really inspired the cover for the book, and I mocked that up. Uh, It's two hearts uh, in the universe connected by an umbilical cord of infinity and star. When I first first became aware of that cord, um, the second paragraph in the book talks about that. Did you want me to to talk about that also? Sure. And I think we lost your sound for just a minute, Kathleen. Could you go back and tell us a little bit again about the illustration? Yes, and I'm having a hard time hearing you. Can you hear me, Anna? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, very well. Um, so I need a little guidance. Uh, can, do you need me to read that uh, paragraph again? No, the, we heard the paragraph, but when you were when we heard the first part when you were talking about the illustration that came from it, could you maybe just that very last part? When I have you were lost about sound. That? I'm going okay. to call you back. Okay, thank you. It's 
So we're uh, grateful that we're hearing from Kathleen. We're having some technical difficulties, but she's going to be back with us in just a minute. So thank you for hanging in there with us. And I wish that you could see that uh, picture of the illustration that Kathleen was just telling us about. I uh, have it on uh, an email picture that I received from her, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's a wonderful illustration of that passage that she just read. It's it's a, a shimmering light and a, a beautiful illustration of what that um, connection was that she and still has with her daughter, Ginger. She uh, In her book, she talks about, uh, in the beginning here and then the next paragraph, she talks about how when her daughter, Ginger, was an infant, that she felt that very strong connection with her, that she... Uh, says that she remembered uh, remembers that moment very strongly that she felt so much love for Ginger and, and so much she actually felt a flash of starlight as it leapt from Ginger's eyes and traveled to her heart and lodged there for a while. And um, she knew that that Ginger felt her love and that they had this very, very strong bond that was keeping them together. It's very difficult for family members when they have a person that um, has the disease of addiction. It's a, it's a very helpless feeling in a lot of ways. And so one thing that uh, Kathleen talks about in her book is how much uh, she needed to work to overcome that sense of helplessness and um, how she did so many different things in her own healing process to begin to feel a sense um, of uh, power herself that she could feel good about her own life and that that could go forward even if things were not uh, working so well with Ginger. I'm back, I Anna. That, oh, good. We got you back. Thank you. We, I kind of talked about a little bit more from your book. So good. I'm glad you're back. We got our technical difficulties overcome here. So uh, we were talking about, you just read us that first paragraph from Chapter 1, and um, you were uh, telling us about that illustration. And um, I have seen it, it's beautiful, and how it, it really symbolizes that chord that you felt with Ginger. Could uh, We'll sort of back up a little bit. Could you describe that illustration for us again? Oh, yes. Um, it's... Uh it's really a, a picture of the universe. It's a blue sky with many stars, and there are two hearts uh, floating in space, and there's a, an, umbil- an infinite umbil- umbilical cord traveling between them, and each have a bright um, gold star in the center of the heart, which really symbolizes that deep, deep connection, that feeling of connection that I had with Ginger when she was a very little baby, and how that um, that feeling, even during our years of uh, distance from one another, during the height of her disease, every once in a while, that little prick of starlight would would poke me in the heart, and I would know that it was time to connect with her, that she needed me. And then after, during her rehab years, how we rekindled and strengthened uh, that bond. So that that's really what that picture symbolizes and what this passage is all about. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's it is beautiful, and I know that you obviously did have a very uh, deep and very special bond with Ginger. What led you to write this book, Kathleen? Well, I've I've been a spiritual student and a spiritual seeker for many many years, uh, for more than twenty five years, and so I've always had a, a deep spiritual connection. As I went through this journey with Ginger. Um, I I went I walked down the path like every other parent does who has a child with severe addictions, and I turned very very frequently in my meditations and prayers and asked for help and guidance. And I felt that during the last year of Ginger's life, in particular, I was having profound I was receiving profound guidance and. And in the weeks and months after her death, that continued on. And the healing that I received as a result was so great that I felt that this story should be told. Um, So often when I look at the literature 
written by family members of people with severe addictions, there's such a heavy emphasis on the addiction and there's a feeling of hopelessness. And certainly there's a great deal of sadness in this book. There, there is a tragedy in this book. Um, one can't deny it. Ginger uh, left this world two weeks before her 35th birthday. And yet there was so much healing that occurred even for her. Uh, and I'd have, I've had so many experiences even in the dream state uh, afterward that I know that that's true, at least within my own heart, that I felt that the story of healing needed to be told. If, if there wasn't the healing message, then I don't think I would have taken the time to put, to put word to page. The, the key reason that I wrote the book is I really wanted to convey to readers that spiritual healing is possible for everybody, no matter what happens in our lives. If people don't get anything else from that, from hearing this story, uh, then, then it will have been an effort that was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true that so often um, with the disease of addiction, we get lost in the sense of tragedy about it. And again, it's a, it is tragic, and, but it's that paradox that even though the disease itself is, is destructive and horrible, that, with, that the essence of the person is, truly is whole and that that's always in there no matter what's, what's happening uh, in the process of the addiction. That's exactly right, and um, in Ginger's case, uh, to give the readers a little bit of a context, she became seriously addicted to drugs and alcohol when she was a senior in high school, and she dropped out and lived life on the streets pretty much for the next 11 years. When she was 28, she had had enough of that, and she went into a two-year residential rehab program followed by three years where she lived predominantly with or near me. And during that time, we were able to heal many of the wounds uh, in our relationship, and there were many, uh, because those 11 years that she was on the street were years of predominant estrangement uh, with just little touch bases, you know, at, at key points in time. Toward the end of that three years, Ginger celebrated a full year of sobriety, and we both thought that she was over the worst of it, that yes, it was a disease that she would need to deal with, but that that we would never have to walk that road again. But late in 2007, she, she suffered a major relapse. She spiraled down into her former way of life, and in the last year and a half, she suffered a great deal of uh, physical and emotional pain. She actually died on Mother's Day on May 10, 2009, of a severe drug and alcohol overdose. So it is, in fact, a deeply heartbreaking story. But, as I say, there was also tremendous healing and a tremendous guidance from spirit that occurred throughout that time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear about some of that? Sure. Okay. Well, there's sort of a backstory to all of this, and uh, I'll preface this by saying that I'm very well today. But in 2009, I had received a diagnosis of an ovarian cancer recurrence, and I was actually in the midst of chemotherapy treatments during the time when Ginger was in the height of her crisis toward the end of her life. So there was a lot of life and death drama going on Uh, And I was on the East Coast, and she was in her home state of Oregon. And so there was this pathos, (laughs) these, you know, these phone calls, and me trying to strike this balance of not enabling her but loving her and protecting my own health. So it was a tremendously stressful period. And about two months before she passed away, I was deep in meditation one night, and I just asked for relief. I had had all that I could stand. and Kathleen, I've... it's time for our break, so I'm going to uh, just jump in on you here okay. and pull that. We're going to take a quick break. and all right. back, I'll tell you about we'll it when back. we come back. We'll uh, talk, start with the Serenity Minute, and then we'll hear that. So we'll be right, right. back. Stay with us.
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is Healing Blessings, A Parent's Story. And my guest is Kathleen Wilson. She's an author and a mother, and she's walked an incredible journey with her daughter, Ginger, who uh, struggled with the disease of addiction. Kathleen's book, Child of Mine, Spiritual Healing from My Child's Drug Addiction, is going to be coming out next month. And we're having a wonderful conversation with Kathleen But right now, before we get back to that conversation, I invite you to join me in our Serenity Minute. Join me in focusing on this constructive idea. I invite you to relax, to allow your mind to rest, to be open and be refreshed. And our constructive idea for today is, I trust the healing power of my higher power. Love heals my life. I trust the healing power of my higher power. Love heals my life. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that did refresh you, that opened up your mind to that healing power that lives in you and around you. Thanks for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And now we're back in our conversation with my guest, Kathleen Wilson, talking about healing blessings, a parent's story. Kathleen, before the break, you were sharing with us um, some uh, wonderful ideas about what happened um, in in your process with Ginger, about how you yourself were experiencing uh, a recurrence of cancer and how you and, and Ginger we're kind of working back and forth from coast to coast, really, with some different uh, big big situations going on. 
her with the addiction and you with the cancer, but how you were really feeling that presence of spirit in the midst of all that. So could you sort of pick us up where where we left off there before the break? Yes, I will. Thank you, Anna. Um, so what had happened then is I was feeling such intense pressure, and so I went into my meditation one one night, and I asked Spirit for relief. And I've heard the still small voice of Spirit off and on various times in my life. And it's always short and it's always crisp, but it's always to the point. And the answer that night was, help is on the way. First, it will seem like a disaster, and then it will feel like a blessing. And, of course, I had no idea what that meant, and so I simply waited. And on the day that I, that I heard the news that Ginger had overdosed and died, immediately I reacted like any parent would, and I was grieving and crying loud with grief. But at the same time, I was simultaneously aware of a deep peace in my core. And I just heard the voice again, and I felt it. And, it, and what it said was, this is the disaster. The blessings are sure to follow. And so that is what led me into the healing phase of this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's that powerful message that even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances and things that seem so severe that the presence of goodness is not, not in, the, in the tragic thing that happened, but it's, it's, it's within the, the very life force and somehow we can find that. Yes, exactly, and that, that is, in fact, what happened. Um, and as I passed through this period, I mean, this, this was a tremendous period of upheaval. Um, Ginger actually uh, overdosed in the home of a person who was not known to us. Uh, there was identification on her that would have led her to us, but the police on the scene did not follow up. And her body actually laid unclaimed for five days, which was very, very difficult. And the only way her father and I found out about this is we are divorced, and he lives in Oregon, which is where she was living, is his brothers happened to pick up the paper and happened to look in the obituary section and saw Ginger's name, date of birth, date of death, and services pending. That's how we found out. So it was a, a tremendous blow, and just the idea of her being in that state for that many days was tremendously painful. But the other part of this that, that kind of leads to the whole conversation of spiritual healing that happened in, during this unbelievable week is I had last spoken to her two days before Mother's Day, which was Friday, May 8, 2009, And she had told me at the end of that conversation she would call me on Sunday, but I didn't hear from her. And, of course, at the time I didn't know why. But as I was falling asleep that night, I heard the dog crying outside. And as I listened to the dog, I suddenly had this inner vision of Ginger laying alone in the dark on a table. And she was crying and saying that she had died alone and that nobody was there to care for her. And it was so real that I started crying myself, and yet I thought it was just my worry bubbling up. But when five days later, because many of us tried to call her in the intervening days and couldn't reach her, five days later when her father called me with this news, I realized that that visitation was actually real. And I've never had that kind of an experience in my life before, and I knew that she was in tremendous spiritual stress, and my years of metaphysical study and meditation have taught me about something that some people call the netherworld, where we have spirits who leave their bodies in a very distressed state, and I really felt that that was true for her, that I had actually seen it, and so... I I sat for chemo treatment 
five of six the day after I learned about her death. And then that weekend, I took to my bed and grieved. And in that time, I reached out to spirit and I asked how I could reach across the void to help her move from the darkness into the light. And I began to have these amazing dreams where I would see people standing around and holding hands in a circle, and I didn't know what it meant. And then a dear friend offered to, to give a healing circle for me, and it clicked, and I started doing research, and one thing led to another, and I, I was led to conduct four different healing circles for her in four different parts of the country. And every one of them followed the same format, but each was different because the beautiful people who participated all contributed their own energy and love. And each phase unfolded more and more and more healing. And for me, uh, just, you know, this is like one narrow strip of healing that, that occurred during that time. But I really came to see and know my daughter in ways that I had never seen her before because I was able to meet people that she knew that that I hadn't really known and who shared aspects with her and her life that I didn't know about. And through that process, I came to see that her life had had tremendous meaning and that there were many, many people who had um, benefited profoundly from her influence. And, and it was really an opening experience because I came to see there is no such thing as a wasted life. I mean, no parent would choose to have their child drop out or become a drug, drug addict. And yet, even with all of that, she had had meaning and purpose, and people's lives were better as a result. And that meant a tremendous amount to me. You know, Kathleen, this is such a powerful message that you have um, because in our world we do so often uh, get get so dragged down by the the various tragedies that happen in life and we can sometimes feel like, well, things, you know, this or that was wasted. And what you're telling us is that that's just not true no matter how actual that outer tragedy is. We're not taken away from that, but that that it's the life wasn't wasted no matter how difficult it was. That's a powerful message. And I believe that it's true, absolutely true. Now, the other part of this whole journey, of course, is my healing as a parent. Like most people, I carried a great deal of guilt. Uh, like most people, I blame myself. I, I fully embraced that Ginger was a person of free will and that she made her choices. But I still, in the deepest parts of my heart, I felt responsibility. And after her death, um, there again, I continued to go deep and work on not only my spiritual healing, but my physical healing as well. I mean, there were a tremendous amount of things that I was working on all at the same time. And I really had to listen to spirit and follow its direction. And what I came to see and believe is that there is, a, there is a void. In the book I talk about this, I call it the spiritual void. And I believe that that void is the core of all aberrant behavior, whether that is addiction um, or any other type of aberrant behavior. And the bigger the void, the more acute and extreme the addiction and, and so what I saw, for example, in my own life when I was a young mother, I carried a real void in my heart because of my belief uh, that I was not worthy to receive love. And so because I had that void, even though I loved my child more than life itself, I inadvertently passed on some of that void to her. And I see addictions as an extreme response, severe addictions as an ex extreme response to that void. But less extreme responses you see all over the place, across our society. Some people are addicted to food. Some are addicted to work. Some are addicted to extreme or excessive activity. 
Others believe that just by finding that special someone, we can fill up that hole. And yet I believe strongly that it is our our drive, our inner drive to reconnect with our source that is at the core of that. And so as I proceeded through my healing, I realized that I had this. I had this void, and I also believed that I was unworthy to receive love. And fundamentally as a parent related to this issue, that I deserved to be punished, that I had failed as a parent. And so as I began to heal, the very first thing I needed to do was listen to spirit and follow its direction, and I've already explained a little a bit about that. But then I needed to accept and receive God's grace for myself and acknowledge the truth for others. I was reading a passage by Eric Butterworth, who was one of my favorite authors, in his book, Discover the Power Within You. And he has a beautiful passage on page 39 that describes grace. And what he talks about is that we all, grace comes to all of us, that we don't have to earn it, that we don't have to be a good person to get it, that we simply receive that grace because we are who and what we are, and that is children of God. And when I read that passage, it opened the logjam for me. And I was able to forgive myself, make an inner decision to heal. And when I was able to forgive myself and have compassion on myself, then I could forgive and have compassion for others. And to me, that is the key. It isn't that I've emerged from this as some perfect person. I still have challenges. But the quantum shift in my understanding and my belief in my worthiness to receive love and all of the abundance of God is here. It's just a matter of me opening to receive it. That's the message of this book. Mm-hmm. And what brought you into the to your study of metaphysics in the first place and, and to feeling, because it sounds like that happened really before your experiences with Ginger. Yes, they did. Um, I, uh, I was raised as a, the daughter of a Protestant minister, and when I graduated from high school and went my own way, I, I did uh, choose not to be in a traditional church. But several years later, when I was in my mid-twenties, I received a flyer, uh, presumably by chance, in the mail, uh, from a gentleman named Jonathan Parker, who's still uh, in California, uh, and uh, I consider him to be my first metaphysical and spiritual teacher. And he had a tape series at that time called The Pathways to Mastership. And I studied that, and that from that I became a meditator and a spiritual student with an unquenchable thirst. And I've spent all these many years uh, meditating, praying. I, I read a book called uh, The Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East, which is actually a five-book series by Baird Spaulding and have just continued to, to seek and go within and look for the answers uh, to, to my own healing and to my own progression in my spiritual path. And it, it, I love it when you, just a minute ago when you were talking to us about that power of grace, and it, it, sometimes on the metaphysical path we can kind of drop back in to almost a, an old-fashioned idea that we have to earn, earn our keep in a way that we have to be good enough, we have to think good enough thoughts or whatever. And uh, really, true metaphysics is all about grace. It is. And, you know, one of the things that I realized when I was sort of breaking through my barriers and my belief that I wasn't worthy to receive love, is I realized after I read Eric Butterworth's passage 
that I had given that to Ginger, and I didn't even realize it at the time, because I had said to her over and over again throughout her life, I love you no matter what you do. I don't love what you do, but I love you no matter what you do. And that is grace encapsulated. And so I saw that I had given her more than I realized. Kathleen, thank you so much. It's time for our break right now. We're going to take just a few minutes on the break. And for our listeners, this is a great time for you to email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. Or you can go ahead and give us a call at 888-558-6489. We'd love to hear your comment or question. We'll be right back. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus took time for prayer, contemplation, and conversation with God. This example of Jesus struggling to accept the path before him has inspired humanity through the ages, just as Jesus prepared himself for his final ordeal and ultimate triumph. I prepare myself for challenges with prayer. I affirm the aspects of my personal and spiritual nature that I want to express more fully. At the same time, I am fearless in examining the ways I do not yet apply those qualities in daily life. By staying prayed up, I make wise choices in all that I think, say, and do. Every challenge becomes an opportunity for new growth and transformation. And every blessing becomes a lesson in the power of prayer. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Someone once said that inspiration feeds the soul. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity FM radio network. Each week, we bring you pure inspiration, empowerment, and insight. Join us as we talk with best-selling authors, celebrities, and some of the most dynamic teachers in new thought and motivation in the world today. Spirituality Today is Unity FM's spiritual book club and a whole lot more. Be sure to listen in and open up to the wonder and beauty of all that spirit is in and through you. Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders every Wednesday at noon Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host, and my guest is Kathleen Wilson. We're talking about healing blessings, a parent's story. Kathleen is an author and a mother, and she's written the book Child of Mine, Spiritual Healing from My Child's Drug Addiction, and that's going to be coming out next month. And Kathleen, if, if people are interested in getting a copy of your book when it comes out, how would they do that? They should drop me an email, Anna, at kwilson at lightfirepublishing.com. That's kwilson at lightfirepublishing, L-I-G-H-T-F-I-R-E-P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G.com. If they're interested, I'll then add them to my email list, and when the book's available, I will send them all the information for how to purchase it. Thank you. Thanks very much. And I know you'll be having a website up uh, later as well. They could probably Google you and find it. Yeah, right now it's not up, but it will be soon. Okay, that's great. 
Now, I know in uh, also in your healing journey, you talk you've you have just been telling us about uh, your metaphysical practice and so forth. And a part of that for you, part of your journey and your spiritual practice has been uh, the Native American tradition medicine wheel. How did you use that in your healing from uh, Ginger's drug addiction and her death? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I went to God in prayer after Ginger died and I asked how I could reach across the divide and help her move from the darkness into the light. And I planned the healing circles, and during my research, I learned about the Native American medicine wheel, and I will preface this by saying I did not try to recreate a Native American ceremony. I just used it for ideas. I'm not qualified to do that. But I did learn that the medicine wheel is often built of stones, and they're uh, pointed in the four directions, north, south, east, and west. And so I, I went about the country giving these healing circles, and one of them was on the Oregon coast. And Ginger called the Oregon coast, or the coast, the sea, as her serenity place. That was the one place where she felt free of her demons. And so I had decided... Uh, that I would distribute half of her ashes in the Oregon coast, uh, which is where her father's side of the family lives and what she loved, and then half off the Florida coast, which is where my side of the family resides. So before I was to conduct the healing circle uh, in Oregon, her father brought Ginger's ashes to me for the very first time. And I had not told anyone of my plan to do this, but I took her ashes with me, and I walked down to the beach uh, by myself, and my plan was to conduct a healing ritual over her ashes that I had read about to help cleanse her body, mind, and spirit of the demons that had possessed her, and you understand what I mean by that, the demons of addiction, Right. and despair that had possessed her before her death. And so when I arrived at the beach, I walked to a piece of driftwood that was sh- just a little ways off the path. And I, as I looked down on the ocean side of that driftwood, I was blown away when right there in the sand was a Native American medicine wheel comprised of stones, and there were two sticks crossed in the middle, pointing in the four directions, and there was a tiny feather on one of them. And at first I thought, well, this is somebody else's circle. I should leave it alone. And then it just hit me like, no, (laughs) this is for you. And so I conducted the ceremony. I placed her ashes in the middle of the circle, and I described in the book what I did in the ceremony. And... Then I gathered her ashes and walked back up the hill to the place where I was going to meet the Healing Circle participants. And as I walked up that hill, I could feel her spirit riding on my left shoulder. And when I got up to the top of the hill, I looked, turned, and I looked out over the ocean. And uh, Ginger had had a child several years before, who I call Haley in the book, And that child had been adopted, which was her greatest sorrow, Ginger's greatest sorrow. And what I heard her say, as if she were standing right there next to me, is, Mom, make sure that Haley knows that I love her. And so when I had that experience, if I had ever doubted that there was life beyond the body, it certainly would have uh, removed all doubt. Between that experience and the experience at the time of Ginger's death, I knew that her spirit lived on. And it was a profound experience, unprecedented, unprecedented in my experience before or since. So from that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just... 
thank you for uh, telling us how profoundly you have you are connected to ginger and how i'm i'm really touched by the depth of your spiritual walk and your willingness um to love to let that unconditional love come into your life and let it come into your relationship uh with ginger and i know that you wrote a poem uh, which gave you the title for the book and that that poem's been an important part of your healing would you share that with us yes um I wrote this poem about two months after Ginger's relapse, and I had tried everything I could, intervened on every human level, to try and get her back on course. And I realized that if I didn't let go, that I was probably going to end up leaving this world before she did, and that it was critical, not only for my physical health, but for my emotional health and for my own life, that I let go and turn her care over to God. As I was pondering these things one day in January of 2008, this poem came through me. It's called, Child, Child, O Child of Mine. Child, Child, O Child of Mine, where have you gone? Grown, but not grown, lost, but not lost, drowning in the deep sea of the living dead. Gnawing pain, searing heart, and grinding gut sucks my breath and buckles my knees. I pray pain depart from me, yet it lingers. I toss the lifeline. She, panicked, grabs the line and then throws it back. Time, time, and time again I toss the line, And time, time, and time again, she takes hold, then throws it back. Till, in exhaustion, I crumple to the ground of the safe shore and watch. I watch for at least the thousandth time, helpless, as she drowns in her angry, churning, unrelenting sea. Dear God, guide and protect her in the deep, that she may see your light and grab your line now and throughout eternity. Amen. Thank you. And how have you used that in your healing journey, Kathleen? Well, that was a turning point, Anna. At that point, I knew that I had to let go and let God. And I wrote that about a year and a half before Ginger died. And through that year, there were many opportunities where that resolve to let God handle this matter instead of me came up. And I had to consciously choose to allow my daughter, who was then 34 years old, to make her own life, to make her own choices, to love her unconditionally, but to live my own life. It was a profound moment, and probably was a deciding and defining moment uh, for, for the outcome. And yet I knew that it was the right thing to do, and I know that today as well. That's beautiful. I know that um, as you have uh, in your book, you have back in the back, you've got listings of different resources for families and for those with the disease of addiction, and that you have the Ginger Wilson 10 Others Fund. And that's certainly one of the many ways that Ginger's life uh, has great meaning to this day, that um, even though it was tragic, that it certainly is not a loss and the way that your life still has meaning. Could you tell us just briefly about the Ginger Wilson 10 Others Fund? Yes, and I've just established that, and thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it. After Ginger's passing, the friend who referred us to the residential rehab program wrote me a beautiful letter. And in that, he said that it is often said among addiction healing circles that for every one who dies, ten others live. And I saw evidence of that immediately at the healing circles where her friends who were also addicted came, or some who were former addic- formerly addicted. And I want to carry that out. 
I want the telling of her story to continue to save the lives of others. And so I've created this Ginger Wilson's 10 Others Fund. Uh, when the website is up, people can choose to donate to that, but also 10% of all profits from this book and any other that I write will go to the fund. And those funds will be donated annually to organizations who uh, serve people with drug and alcohol addictions in either residential or non-residential settings that meet the criteria of affordability and duration and accessibility. And in that way, Ginger's life will continue to have meaning. Kathleen, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for uh, your spiritual strength and for your willingness to keep on surrendering. And I want to say a thank you to Ginger for the life that um, she lived and for the ways that her life and her story keep on giving good to others. And uh, you have blessed us today, and I know that you have touched uh, my heart, and I know you've touched the hearts of our listeners today. So God bless you, Kathleen, and I know that you're going to just keep on doing wonderful things. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, Anna. And listeners, thank you for listening today. Um, I know that you uh, got so much out of this. Join us next week when our topic is Dancing with Spirit. We'll be talking with our guest, Liz, who is a dancer. And she talks about how dance helps us put the pieces of ourselves in motion so those pieces can reform and we can heal. Dance is a powerful recovery practice, and it allows us to move so that we can fully embody who we are. Thank you again for listening and being part of the Spirit of Recovery. And remember, you're a blessing. You're in my prayers. Let your heart sing this week and be filled with joy. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler? yet more meaningful, more vibrant. Join Rev. Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for spiritual coaching, creating a vibrant life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real life, and real-world transformations. That's Spiritual Coaching, Living a Vibrant Life with Rev. Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, Let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. 
Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.